Alright. Hello everyone. Um this is another episode of Lion Heads Den with uh your host, uh E Ray aka Gilgamesh. Um I'm here with the lovely queen, Norjahan. I'm I'm hopefully I'm not turning up your day, but I'll let you kinda uh give us a little bit of a background about yourself and you know where you're from and just kind of give us a little vibe of where you're from and everything oh sure okay first um thank you so much for having me i'm really honored that you would like to you know speak with me and have you on your podcast and so again my name is Noor jahan and that means the light of the world and basically what i like to do is well, I'm a social worker during the day, and I help a lot of people um, dealing with transitions. So as they're transitioning to different spaces or different um, experiences in their lives, I assist them with basically looking at it from a particular lens or whatever lens um, that they're currently looking at that situation to assist them in navigating those transitions. And um, so that's what I do throughout the day. And then, but also in the social media space, I really enjoy articulating my vision as far as the feminine role in this particular lifetime. And much of that is basically from my experiences in hopes of, you know, helping other women understand their natural, inherent, gifts of being women or manifesting into this world as a woman and basically what that means what that entails and um yeah so that's what i enjoy doing um in the social media space Uh, so i did have the opportunity back in november to speak to a, a you know large group of women which i really really enjoyed and just basically discussing you know feminine empowerment um, and a lot of that, I did talk about sexuality, intuition, you know, which is all feminine, uh, a lot of feminine principles. Um, and I thought that that was relevant because, you know, I grew up in a space where, you know, everything around me is very masculine-centered, which is the same for all of us. You know, we're, we're right now in this transitional period where the feminine spirit, the energy, and what it means to embody that or to integrate that as part of your, you know, consciousness that we're going through those transitions. And so a lot of people are seeing that this overabundance of masculine energy has been something that has basically been um, choking us or um, has been holding us back and in creating a society that's, that's more balanced. And so, yeah, a lot of that conversation was about us coming into that space, understanding who we are as women and what our role is and learning what it is to be feminine to not only to ourselves, but to each other. Um, And then using that information to help guide us and and be who we're supposed to be as far as helping other people understand what it means to be feminine and balancing that energy and just creating a society of space where we're kind of loving each other and things like that. So that's what I mainly do. Okay. Uh, quick question before we dive into, uh, I know we, we, we discussed, we're going to talk about the religion and uh, 
and or spirituality or whatnot. Um, uh-huh. But I mean, you have this interesting body of you know things that you're doing that kind of it it, it it brought me forth and want to ask this question to you as well because I'm a man and but I do understand about balance of male and female. That's kind of a universal thing. Everything is trying to. I feel it's trying to balance itself. So, where you yeah. have male and female, positive, negative, you know, whatever spectrum mm-hmm. of, you know, equilibrium and balance that we need in our lives. And I do, I, I mean, I understand and I see um, what you're saying because we do live in a very uh, masculine world and where, I, and I think like, because even I was when I was growing up, my father would not, my father never kissed me, and that was one. Of, you know, it was a that's a masculine thing. I understand that, but at 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 the same time, as a man, I have feminine and I have masculinity. I'm pop, I'm more on the realm of being masculine because I am a male. I understand my role as a man, as a male, to be masculine. But you, we have yeah. you have a balance within you, just like you as a female, you have a masculine part of you as well. Like I love my daughters, yeah. I love you know I love people. I try to be cordial to people and understanding. So that's a part of what I feel like the feminine side is. The feminine side is kind of like caretaking side or whatnot. But then there's a, I feel like sometimes you can go too far with the situation. I, and I just want to know what how you feel about like kind of like. Using the Me Too movement is an empowering thing. And believe me, as a father of two daughters and, you know what I'm saying, having three sisters, mother, aunts, and uh, aunties and stuff like that, and grandmother, I understand the plight of and what women have to go through and what women have been through. And um, the st- being stagnated and t- held to be behind me instead of being on the side of me, as you know, as a man. So... There are some instances where, like, me and my cousin have this thing about Bill Cosby. If Bill Cosby did that, any of those things, and excuse my friend, I was like, fuck Bill Cosby. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, there's other individuals who I feel like maybe getting the Me Too movement put on them kind of unfairly. And I just want to kind of get a quick, you know, or however, you know, take your time, do whatever you... But just know your opinion as a female and how you feel about that. Because I also was told by another female, even in the R. Kelly situation, she was like, she was in high school. And she said, I, she said, I kind of got mixed emotions about that because when I was in high school, I dated a guy who was maybe 22. And she was like maybe 16, 17. And she said she felt that she was on and popping because she messed with an older guy. And he had a car and whatnot. So from a female point of view, just... I mean, I, let me uh, help help me understand that and how you feel about that situation. Yeah, of course, and I think it's very important for us to have this dialogue because um, that's the only way that we can socially construct our reality. You know, social construction comes from the fact that we are articulating, you know, our perceptions and we're coming through a specific medium so that we can understand each perspective and put things in proper perspective to help us and moving forward. So um, it's very, I really like the fact that you brought up the fact that, you know, um, your relationship with your father, that, you know, he never, um, you know, showed any type of affection or he never kissed you. I'm not sure if there's any other type of affection 
Um, but that was basically, to me, articulating that there was a lack of affection on the part of your father. And, you know, I don't think that that's uncommon. Um, a lot of us in our generation, we grow up with, again, that overabundance of masculine energy. And so that is exemplified in the way that our masculine counterparts, you know, um, they have responded to us and basically just operate out of their masculinity. And, you know, possibly that's the only way that they knew how. Um, because, you know, like I said, even though you mentioned that, you know, it's second nature for you to be masculine, um, I would say that I wouldn't <laughs> be so easy to say that it's second nature for me to be feminine. But what I will say is, a lot of the women that were around me or that I grew up or even myself took on a very masculine um, personality or persona, I would say, operating more out of our masculine side. And that's just as a result of just being in a society where there's an abundance of masculine energy and not that balance of the feminine energy. And so that's not to say that there aren't women out there who grew up in spaces where their mother was very heavily involved in you know, exemplified what it meant to be masculine, to be yielding, to be um, intuitive, to be affectionate, um, you know, to be calm, flexible, and just, you know, harmonious, graceful. Those are, like, what we identify as feminine qualities. And so throughout my whole life, I've met a lot of women who are just like me, and, you know, that can be a struggle for women in moving and navigating in a world where this is a social world. You have to be able to activate both, both, both aspects of yourself. And so that's what a lot of my journey is about, basically um, identifying what, is it, what does it mean to be feminine, you know. Um, that's not just relegated to the female, you know, as you've mentioned earlier. It is both qualities that we all have. Um, but again, I feel like, you know, with my specific journey, because I've been operating so much in the past out of my masculine um, side of myself, that I didn't know how to be feminine. And so a lot of my journey was finding out what that meant to be feminine. Um, and then basically integrating that back into my spirit, into my life, and um, connecting with others. Now, you mentioned that... Um, about the Me Too movement and R. Kelly, which is interesting. Um, I, I feel like those are kind of, those are different topics of conversation, not necessarily within what I'm discussing. Okay. Um, but, you know, I will, I guess, that sheds some light. Um, I, I don't feel like the Me Too movement has any relevance in this conversation, but, you know, Okay. It it is something that is impacting a lot of people. Um, specifically, let's talk about like Art Kelly. Okay. And I made a I, I did a video on my Instagram. My Instagram page is uh, Noor Jahan N U R J E H A N the light and an underscore between all uh, letters. Um. So basically, I made a post about Art Kelly, and this was a while ago stating that in some ways he is a product of, um, you know, what happened to us in slavery. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's an understanding about 
the sexual abuse and between, you know, the slave master and our women. And so, you know, a lot of the sexual perversion that is in our communities is a product of what happened to us during the time that we were enslaved. And so when you look at, because sexuality and sexual empowerment is a lot of what I talk about as well. And when it comes to that, the, the perversion of it, it's to me, you know, <laughs> it's interesting because what just popped up in my head was I went to this event that um, it was like a tantric event. And then in a certain section of that space, there was, you know, what I would um, say, you know, there was a bed and then they had like the shackles and, and the chains and things like that. And to me, that <laughs> that picture, that image, that symbol that I get, it just brings me back to, you know, slavery, to, you know, it, it just it just brings a lot of light on how much that those experiences is entrenched in our um, experience. Yeah, we don't realize it. We don't look at the symbolism. And so, you know, what I like to and, and there's a there's just a conversation that I bring just basically in women's circles mm-hmm. is that you know there's other expressions of sexual um, expression that are not restrictive as that and not as, um, you know, because when, you, when you're engaging in, in sexual experiences, you bring, you're using a lot of uh, power, you know. Yes. That's the natural power that we have, that tantric or that kundalini energy. You're using that power and you're using visualization. So if you're incorporating something that's so uh, restrictive and, 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 and hurtful, and just negative to your specific soul from your experience in the past, something that's handed down from generation to generation, um, you know, that can be harming our souls. And so there's other expressions that you can have that that equally as arousing and sex that are not so, you know, dealing with pain and dealing with hurt and pain, you know? And so that just brings me back to the R. Kelly situation again. This is just an expression of things that were basically inflicted upon us that we are um, expressing on each other, which, you know, to me doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But if you don't know, if you don't have the proper lens to see that, then, of course, you're not going to see it in that way. And so, you know, a lot of um, uh, tantric practices, um, especially coming from you know, either, you know, uh, teachers in, in the African tradition, comedic tradition, or in the, um, um, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the proper term, but I would just say India, um, in those, uh, those teachings that um, talk a lot about visualization and just basically, um, you know, when it comes to t- tantric practices, okay. uh, visualization, and then, you know, using gemstones and different metaphysical tools to help with healing, healing as opposed to like, you know, harming, using chains, visualizations to create, you know. Um, so 
uh, yeah, I hope I didn't go a little too deep into yeah. that. No, but, you no, know, no. the meet, like I said, the Me Too movement and the R. Kelly situation, those in, in Bill Cosby, those are definitely extremes. And also, you know, the fact that we're talking about masculine energy, those are very uh, masculine-centered expressions uh, and, and at the extreme end of it as well. Yeah. So um, how do you feel about what I just said? I mean, that, that's been my, my argument that I have, like, I discuss with people, too. I, I discuss that same thing. I was like, as far as me, like, any female that I come in contact with or, you know, I'm engaging, like, uh, just to have any type of relationship with or anything like that, I feel like I got to be myself. And if I use items, I feel like if I'm using items or I'm using, I, in, in their situations, their celebrity to to gain advantage over someone i kind of feel like that's for me that's kind of sucker move you know just lame in turn yeah. sucker move to me because i feel like you know what I'm saying if you can't offer yourself and somebody can't accept you for yourself whatever then all the other stuff is for the birds because it seems to me that he, even though he had a celebrity and maybe had um items that he can give him like you know, money or whatever, bomb, take them shopping, whatever. He he couldn't mm. let them go. He couldn't let them be free and do and be as they were. So, if you have to do if you have to do all that to lock somebody in a, in a room, whatever, tell her she can't talk to somebody else. Like some other people that encountered, they were like the girls were told they can't even talk to these other gentlemen that came through or his friends or recording artists. To me, that that was a sucker move with the whole R. Kelly thing. You know, if. if but, uh, and then, like, when you touching upon, like, the perversions, and, like, that's, you know what I'm saying, that's really insightful, because me, I'm a type of person who thinks, I like to think that I think cognitively and um, critically, and with you saying that about, you know, like, bringing, like, chains and stuff like that, that is kind of like a slave mentality of having, and, you know, being conditioned, over, right. you know, society being conditioned that, you know, pain is what pleasure is, because the perversions of someone else using chains and having you in 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 chained you had to have that same feeling and like you said if sex was actually created for you know of creation for us to expand our life or expand our dna and keep keep our our species going so it should be a thing of beauty and creating and you know coming becoming one with the next person so I, i believe me i understand what you what you're saying but like I said, there's always I always try to play devil advocate because I know, I know there's always two sides to every coin, and um and there are some situations where I've talked to some some of the brothers, and I'm like, hey, you know, that's crazy, and then they're like, well, here's situation two, you know, what I'm saying like they like with the Bill Cosby thing, it was more of okay, well, those women those women knew, you know, he was Bill Cosby, so. In, in some yeah. sense, they were saying that they deserved it. I was like, I can't, I can't co-sign on that. I can't sign on that. I can't say that these mm-hmm. women deserve that. Yeah, they were their celebrity, but yeah. you, you had to understand too. Bill Cosby had a celebrity, and he had a persona of he was the family guy. He was the father to everybody. So yeah, what you would who wouldn't trust? Like he's like, oh, just take this. You know, he played a doctor. I mean, even even you know that he that that was a he was an actor playing a part. He was a, he played a doctor. So him giving you a pill, you come in to re, uh, read for him, or you think you're getting a movie or something, whatever the situation was. 
and he give you a pill and then take advantage of you. That suck, that's a sucker move to me. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it's point blank. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I really understand what you're saying and everything like that. And, and then to kind of transition to our, our topic that we kind of wanted to get into, um, religion, spirituality, you kind of touched up on the tandra. Um, I'm, I'm a, I may be mispronouncing that, mispronouncing that, but, but, you know, you talked about crystals and bringing elements into that. So what's your, what's your, I'm, I like to say I'm not religious. I'm, I'm a spiritual individual. I respect everybody's belief and I believe everybody should have a belief. My, I, I just like, I tend to be on more of a spiritual side because I feel like, you know, whomever, you claim to be the your higher power or you know god or allah jesus yahweh whomever buddha whoever whomever you know uh yeah i think if you live right and you try to do right by your fellow man or woman excuse me <laughs> you know i think that they won't sweat the small stuff because i don't know who's who all i know is i just want to be spiritual and i just want to I, I try i want to try to love all my my fellow human beings as I want to be loved or treated, so to speak. So tell us a little bit about your spirituality or your your religious beliefs, and we can get we can dive into that. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think you know, um, similar to what a lot of people, um, I my base, uh, my foundation was religion. Um, so I think a lot of us have. Um, you know, have that foundation of being some, a part of some some type of religion, whether that's Christianity, Islam. Um, um, so my background, basically, so I was I was raised Muslim, okay. and so um, you know, with with you saying that, you know, you you are very spiritual, and you know, you 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 want to treat others, and you want others others to treat you the way you know you should be treated or they should be treated. And so, you know, a lot of those tenets that we are in, because a lot of people say that, okay, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, you know, that's, that was a big movement at least like 15 years ago, um, at least in, from, you know, my perspective, a lot of people around me began transitioning from religion to more spiritual when um, a lot of information became available, maybe, you know, the internet, or however people, you know, found other information. But I think the internet has a lot to do with people expanding beyond that foundation. So yeah, uh, again, so I started, you know, being, I, I was Muslim, my father raised me Muslim. And, you know, my father's from Harlem. So he, his father, my grandfather, he is um, part of the nation, nation of Islam. But my father, my father transitioned from the nation of Islam into Sunni Islam, which, you know, a lot of people have as well. So, you know, there obviously was a big movement for us to unify under some type of religious um, of, of body um, in order to, like, organize ourselves. And so my father transitioned to Sunni Islam, and that's what he raised me as. Um, and then, you know, but once I became old enough to make decisions on my own and to want to understand life, myself, my purpose, my place in this world, I, you know, kind of dabbled into a lot of different things. So I would like to say that I am a spiritual seeker, and, but 
I, I did, like I said, my foundation, which is, you know, the same for a, a lot of people, came from religion. So some of those tenets yeah. will always be a part of me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as far as my spirituality, <laughs> like I said, I delve into a lot of things. Um, and so that's, that's just kind of my nature. Um, it just helps me to, like, put things in proper perspective. I'm the type of person I'm very hungry for information. And so I'm open to I'm open to a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean that I take everything. Cause, you know, it, there's lots of things out there. You know, everything is not going to resonate with you. Everything is not going to be relevant to you. It just depends on particular space that you're in and whether it makes sense to help you to navigate through whatever transition that you're going through. Yeah. And so that's 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 my foundation, like. I'm a spiritual seeker, so I, I can look at a lot of things. You know, I've read a little bit of Buddhist, Buddhism, um, Christianity, um, the Kemetic, um, uh religion, okay. and to be honest, that the Kemetic religion is something that I really um, continue to gravitate to. I consult that a lot, and um, I wouldn't say that I'm know any adept or anything like that but you know a lot of the principles and information as far as cultivating my spirituality i get it from like the comedic tradition and um the interesting thing about that is that i've been in the bay area or in oakland for about almost five years now and when i came here it was just like uh, this, this space in this area, I'm not sure if you understand, or I'm pretty sure you are because you were raised here, yeah. but you know, as an outsider coming into the space, I can feel the energy. It's, it's a total different energy from where I came, so it's easy for me to pick on a, or what's going on out here. Yeah. And you know, this space is very, aside from it being very entrepreneurial, um, there's a lot of, very, a lot of um, spirituality here. And it's a space for people to like really expand their consciousnesses because there's so many different groups out here, so many different opportunities to understand from different points of view, which is, you know, different religions, different spiritual um, systems. And so I really like that about this area where, um, you know, and then I, I had the pleasure of meeting someone, uh, you know, a priest in the comedic tradition. And so that's where a lot of my knowledge and understanding came from and I'm you know so very grateful to have met that person and um you know so I do have the Meronetta and I you know uh, okay. resort to that information to help assist with guiding me um any questions I might have meditation um that that's basically what the, what my um current um my space is yeah. right now okay. so yeah I use a lot of crystals and sage and you know, a lot of cleansing tools. And um, I've always been a dreamer. That's one thing, regardless of what religion <laughs> I was a part of or mm. uh, what space I was in. I've always been a dreamer since I was really young. And so a lot of my uh, connection to the higher realm and um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of my answers come to me in my dream space. And um, so that's, that, that kind of led me to expand my, my spirituality as well. Because sometimes when you have these spiritual experiences, the religion, the foundation that you have may not have those answers. And so that, <clears throat> excuse me, so that's, I think that's what prompts people to like seek 
outside of what their foundation was. And then there's nothing wrong with that. Um, a lot of people can say that, you know, religion, um, there, there's both negative and positive ways to look at religion. You know, we all know that religion was used to control the people, control the masses. Um, of course, we know about uh, the Pope granting people authority to um, basically steal land and to subjugate the people, our people. And, um, you know, you can look at it from that lens. Remember, that, you know, there's multiple different ways that you can look at any one thing, any phenomenon. Um, but there's also um, a, the particular lens that I can, I can see that religion is something that we needed to um, organize ourselves as well. Um, because if it wasn't something that we needed, it, it would not have manifested. It's like, no matter what the phenomenon is, there's multiple people that are contributing to that reality to make it manifest. And um, like I said, religion, you know, you can't even, a lot of people talk about the fall, like, you know, we fell from grace or um, even the fact of us manifesting from the spiritual realm into the physical plane of ex existence is a fall within itself. Hmm. Um, and then in order for us to like, you know, when you talk about babies growing and understanding and learning to be social in this environment, they have to crawl before they walk and before they run. And so I think religion was the, just that, that stepping stone in order to organize us, to bring us um, to in, an, in a space to organize um, and to uh, kind of control us in a sense in order for us to step into spirituality. Because a lot of us didn't jump from just just jump to spirituality. We came from religion into spirituality because we had to know one in order to appreciate the other. Hmm. Um, so, well, what do you feel about what I just said? Man, I mean, uh, I kind of I'm, I'm kind of writing notes as you speak too, so I can go back to the things that I wanted to touch upon. But pretty much, I mean, I'm on the same wavelength as you as far as what you're saying. Uh, I want to tell a quick story. Um, I was talking to a colleague at work, and um, it was around Christmas time. And I grew up uh, church. My my grandmother. I don't know if you've been Frisco. You know, Amy Church off of uh, uh -huh. in the Fillmore District. My grandmother used to be like choir director. Um, she's classical music uh, singer. She sings all over the world and stuff like that. And um, got an opportunity. To you know, go to church, go to that church, and all little, but I wasn't forced to go to it, and I didn't go all the time, and like it was points where I didn't go, and but I remember one of the first things um, that the well the Sunday school teachers explained to me, and it always resonated with me for, and I was probably about four years old. Um, the thing that she said. And she said to me, she was like, well, isn't it, isn't it so great? Isn't it great that God loves you so much that he created trees and the environment around us or trees, uh, inhale carbon, uh, carbon dioxide or carbon dioxide. And we exhale, I mean, we exhale that and then we inhale oxygen and the trees and the vegetation, they produce oxygen for us. So it's like, uh. Uh, coexisting, uh, codependent relationship we have with our environment around us, and that resonated with me mm -hmm. for like most of my life. And I was like, "Wow, wow, that's a great concept to have." And so that that kind of touches me when you say that 
the the basis of your religion, you know, you had to have that to contrast it against uh, whatever spiritual or belief pattern you may have. Um, I tend more on like science, not Scientology, not to say not to say it's bad or anything like that, but that's not people tend to think when I say science because I I, I kind of as to go with the comedic teachings and thought, and a lot of their teaching and thought was on science and what I really feel what the comedic teachers were teaching, they were teaching us science, but it's a spiritual aspect of everything because we're all interconnected in some way which way or form spiritually we're connected through our dreams and through the other realms and other vibrations that's why when you talked about the crystals i understand because like quartz crystals have a certain vibration um you quartz material is used in silicon which boards and stuff like that so it it its frequency, you know, produces energy and stuff and whatnot, like the Ben Ben songs or the obulus or things of that nature. Um, there's also yeah. science. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of pyroelectricity. Well, it's like you ever seen these gas grills where you push the button and you hear this clicking sound and whatnot. It's a quartz mm -hmm. crystal, and when you bend quartz or crystal, it creates an arc or, it, or some kind of form of electricity or energy. And thus, that causes right. that, that arc of spark to ignite the gas for the gas grills. You got quartz, so if you oscillate it at a certain uh, frequency, keeps time. Thus, the quartz watches. Um, <clears throat> but going, going to this story, I was talking to my colleague. Sorry, I went off on that rant. But that, like, we were discussing Christmas, and I was like, well, I don't really partake in, like, the giving of gifts and stuff like that for Christmas, you know, I said, and he was like, man, why? He said, you know, kids and stuff like that. I said, I give my kids stuff all the time throughout the year. And I went on to tell him this story. I said, I had a friend growing up and he was Muslim, but I, I mean, it never really you know, dawned on me that, you know, he was different religion. I remember going to his house, I said, and his mom had on the door, this is a Muslim household. You must remove your shoes or enter in my home. So, you know, just yeah. out of respect of his, you know, mother, you know, it's a queen. This is my best friend's mom. We're going to take our shoes off. Or, or, you know, not really thinking about anything other than we're just being respectful for her. You know, we're going to take our shoes off yeah. at the door. You know, so just things like that. And then I was telling them about one Christmas. I said, man, this is probably one of the greatest Christmas we had. You know, we were 612 Grove Laguna right there in the film, Heart of Fillmore. Um and I, my dad told me, all right, take all wrappers, trash bag, go in the dumpster. So I'm going to the dumpster and proceeding to that, do that. And my friend walks by. His name is um, Ramadan, but we call him Rami for short. And um, he was like, I said, what's up, Rami? What you get for Christmas? Not even, not even contemplating that, you know, he's Muslim and he doesn't celebrate Christmas. And like, and so he's like, oh, no, I didn't get anything. We don't really celebrate Christmas. So, you know, I'm Muslim, man. And I'm like, man. And I told, him, I told this guy, I was like, I kind of felt bad for him because I thought, man, I just had this great Christmas and he didn't get anything. But in hindsight, this guy used to get Jordans all the time. He had all the fresh toys and all the, all the material things that he would get throughout the year. It wasn't this one time of the year that, you know, he, he did that. Cause, and I, I, I equate that to him not being conditioned. Like, well, I think what a lot of religions do... And when you go into becomes more spiritual or, or open your mind to being more spiritual, and especially like I, I, this is my feelings of kinematicness, you want to have an understanding that 
a lot of things were told were allegories and stories from like the Bible and stuff like this. Um, like, you know, just a quick thing, like the epics of Gilgamesh. When I was in school, we had to learn about that in world history. They said this is the first book ever written. They talk about the great floods and all this other stuff. So I think Bibles, and which only means book, and then other religious things were taken from these different stories that were told from men and then things where I were said that where we had more advanced civilizations even before ours you know like these civilizations collapsed for whatever reason whether it was environmental um, climatal changes and things of that nature these great civilizations declined and went away thus leaving this untapped technologies behind and over time you know mother nature covered it up a lot of it you know brushing stuff like that so going like to, to the whole thing in my story he's like well what do you mean by that he said what does that what does that mean i said it just means that i was sad for somebody who wasn't conditioned to be sad or i felt bad for, or i felt empathy for somebody and who i thought was sad but he wasn't conditioned to feel sad. He he wasn't upset that he didn't get anything for Christmas because he was he didn't grow up conditioning conditioning himself that Christmas was the all to be all. Like what was they say it's one of the highest suicide rates or whatever is around the holiday time, whatever. Because we put an emphasis on these things and like if you can't get provide this for your children and whatnot and it becomes people get you know, suicidal because society tells you or, you know, your your social group, religious group tell you that this is what it, the all the all. When even if you look into the Christ, Christianity, Christmas is not even about any of those things. Like there's Santa Claus, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, Christmas tree, all, that's, that has nothing to do with the actual thing of Christmas or what it was supposed right. to be about. That's more culture, if anything. Exactly. That's a culture created within it. Um, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, um, when you talk about the, the Bible, um, I think you mentioned something about it means it, um, something about the sun. Did you say that? Well, uh, the book. Or did I? The, the, yeah. The, the Bible so means book. Yeah. I remember, yeah. So I remember, like, um, being taught that uh, the Bible is called, like, the Helios Biblios or Biblios Helios. Well, I, I'm not sure which um, which way. Um, but basically meaning the sun book. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of astrological occurrences in there. Exactly. And like a lot of the allegories that you mentioned, um, I think what was common practice, um, especially for like maybe our generation or whatever, or what um, something has happened for me, is that when I moved away from religion and then began to explore in the spiritual realm, um, when you're in the spiritual realm, you get to, you're introduced into a lot of spiritual um, laws, universal laws, and um, it kind of helps you put life into perspective. But then you get to appreciate, um, you go, it's like you go backwards, and now um, you're able to read the Bible and in in understanding it in a different way, mm -hmm. and read the Quran and understand it in a different way, and pull out the things that you can pull out. Um, and then are relevant for your life even at that advanced stage and um, you know I, I just thought that, that that was interesting um, because it helps you also to like separate and identify what has been added to the Bible based on the things that may not resonate with you mm -hmm. and, and it, you can just tell the difference when you're reading it after having gone through like your spiritual um, 
I guess, ascension uh, or understanding that you can kind of separate, you can see the separation in language, the way that language changes and almost like you can see that another person has written it by the way that it's written yes. or the energy that it's written in, it's different. So you're, you're, you're understanding, like I said, a little bit more of the spiritual essence of both the Bible or the Quran or whatever book that you're reading, or the Western books to be specific. Yeah. Uh-huh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I even think, uh, like, um, well, I, I share this with some people because I've kind of been studying this for probably about somewhere in about the last 20, almost 21 years um, when I first started coming into understanding, like, different stuff. And um, I was introduced to some some um, people. But, like, the I was reading the Book of the Dead, what they call the Book of the Dead, or I might be mispronouncing this, the Amparu. My cousin always said I, did, I mispronounce all the time. But when I was telling him, I was looking at that, and I was saying, man, these are some of the hymns that you see in the Bible. I mean, that you see in the Bible. Or, like, this is the the All-Father, I mean, the, you know, the All-Father prayer, you know what I'm saying? And so, and I question sometimes people, and we, we have these conversations, and I, and I, or I just I would just tell them, like, I was like, you know, um, this, like, Christianity derived from uh, Afrocentric or, like, Kemetic teachings. I said, you can, you can just tell it in the All Father's Prayer. I said, what is the last thing you say in the prayer? You say, Amen. Uh, that's for, like, Amen Ra. And, like, going back to you talking about the sun, this is what they were talking about. The, S, the S-O-N was actually referring to the S-U-N. And I equate that also mm -hmm. to... Like when I talk about allegories and teaching, I, I use this example too to some people. I'll say, okay, when when you if you have a kid or you're teaching someone younger, like just basic algebra. Um, like I remember I was teaching my daughter; she was a, probably about five or so at the time, and I I said, okay, um, I got three baskets and I had like three balls in each basket, so I was trying to get her to to understand what was going on so I was breaking things down in a more layman or simple term to her I said okay you got three cups or bowls right here right baskets uh, she goes yeah and I said you count them out she goes one two three so count them I said now you have in you have three balls and say put three balls in each one of the three baskets and so she goes counts one two three one, two, three, one, two, three. So then I tell her to count all the balls and all the baskets. She goes, okay, I got nine balls, Dad. One, two, three, four, no, all the way to nine. And I said, so you know what you just did there, right? And she was like, I said, you just did algebra <laughs> or multiplication. I was like, you took three bowls, multiplied them by three. So now, now you know, if you multiply three times three, what you're gonna have, you're gonna have nine. So. I feel that a lot of things were being said on a scientific level or a higher learning level because you got to understand the priests, they were the ones who were studying. They were using a scientific method on a lot of these things like, you know, I call I call like algebra, all these names you have like Pythagorean theory, these Greek names, these are... And, you know, say these are the, the white guys in loincloths who they, they credited to them. But if, if we look a little bit in history, like go right to the Oxford Science Museum in, in London, that same museum that was in the uh, Black Panther movie where they had the mask and they were looking for that vibranium, whatever. 
metal. I mean, Untamian, whatever it was called. But when they were looking for that, they were in that same that same museum that's over in, in Europe, in England. They have the Rhine's Papyrus Papers. Now, that Rhine's Papyrus Papers was illegally excavated from a pyramid in the Nile Valley. And this Irish guy named Rhine's purchased the book and, and, and gifted it to that museum. Now, that book is said to be 25,000 B.C. or more. And it had advanced geometry, you know, trigonometry, calculus, all that stuff in there. Pythagorean theory, which you would have needed to build pyramids and stuff. Of any of those structures they had in the in the history, um, that they say, man, today can't even figure out how they were doing it. So you had already had that, but it's given to someone yeah. saying, oh, he created this science or this math, you know, this way of doing math. So it's kind of ironic and funny of that stuff, and, and, and it equates to all, like I said, going back like. Things were taken beforehand, and like you said, you know, a lot of it was used. I tell a lot of people too. It's like I'm not trying to discourage you, and and by no means, if if you being a Christian or or studying Islam or Judaism or Hinduism, if that makes you a better person, uh, makes you brings you to a higher state of being, and makes you a better person, by all means. I am not trying to deter anyone from from doing those things or or practicing whatever they believe in. But like if you encounter a conversation with me, I, I'm not gonna by any means like like um I'm not gonna like I, I don't wanna say soften the tone or whatever. I, I just be truthful of what I believe and what my truths are, you know, but I'll still at the same time respect I try to respect people. I know some individuals who don't have any respect, and they be like, "Oh, you, that person's a whatever." And I, and I have to explain to them, so like, "Man, you can't be so brash on people like that." It's like, our grandma, I know you loved her, so I'm like, "You love your grandmother just like I loved her," and you know she she lived by the Bible, you know what I'm saying? And she she was a God fearing woman, and she believed Jesus Christ was her savior. Do I love her any less, or I think she's a buffoon, or, or whatever he, this person, individual may say? It's like, no, nah, by no means. She's a highly intelligent woman. This is just her belief, and you have to be respectful of people and their beliefs because, you know, I mean, people, you're conditioned. Like I was conditioned from a young person to, like, this is the all to be all. That there's nothing else out there, you know. Even like Christianity is such a a young religion, even you know to even compare to any of the yeah. other religions that are even out there. So, I mean, it's a lot to take in. But, yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, I like the fact that you said, you know, you don't really... Um, it, you know, it doesn't really matter to you whether someone's Christian or whatever religion they adhere to as long as, it, you know, it helps them to be a better person. Um, you know, I, I feel like what's most important is that um, regardless of what anybody may be, is that it helps them to understand life you know mm -hmm. if that's the lens that you want to look at life through to help you in whatever passions or whatever strivings that you have you know so be it you know who am i to tell you what to believe and what not to believe unless it's somehow directly impacting me um because i feel like you know the previous generation they, you know, sticking to something um, like Christianity or any religion for that matter, it's just like, you know, you're, you're content with it, you know, yeah. it helps you to answer whatever um, life hands you, and if, if you're comfortable with that, then, you know, 
then you're not going to want to move from that. You're not going to want to change your perspective because what's the point, you know? But for us, for, you know, the next generation and the generations coming after us, they're going to want more than that. It's not going to help them solve or help them to see life, um, especially if, you know, um, if we're going to be advancing. Advancing doesn't mean holding on to um, knowledge that is not fitting for the particular circumstances or what's going on in the world. Yeah. And so we're going to naturally create um, more systems in order to help us make sense of what's going on. And, and that just reminds me of, I remember I read something years, years ago, that each particular age that we go through is basically identifies or um, um, basically it's, it changes our relationship to, to God. Mm-hmm. And so that includes like religion and spirituality. So like when you have the age of Taurus, and you're reading in the Bible, the age of Aries, the age of Pisces, all those represented different understandings about um, our relationship to God and how we worship God. So imagine like now we're um, either um, either transitioning into or we already transitioned into the age of Aquarius. Yes. Yep. Then our understanding of God, our understanding of how we um, worship God is going to change as a result of all the you know knowledge that's inherent with the age of um of Aquarius, you know, being the water bearer, spirituality, cleansing, mm-hmm. just new ways of, of looking at life, more humanitarian, more, you know, tech, a lot of technology. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that is going to help us into understanding, like, you know, God or the spiritual realm or our relationship to each other. And a lot of that is going to, like, basically, um, uh, basically just... Uh, go out into society and change the fabric of society. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and even, even to go f- take it a step further, um, like, kind of like the Vice President uh, Pence, he was like, he, like, doesn't, you know, hang on science. He, he hangs on his religion. But, you know, with the pandemic we're having right now or the situation we're having right now with this COVID-19 situation, um, a lot of people, especially like, you know, saying the new generation, they're like, man, you know, they're thinking like you saying, say a prayer when we have something in front of us, you know, that's right now. And we can't hold not. And I'm and I not to say like meditation and prayer won't help because that's a spiritual thing. Meditation, prayer is just simply just meditation and having your relationship like most of mostly all of the religions like the, from the Hindu religion when you read the Rig Veda when you read the Quran the Torah from uh, Judaism the Bible and so on Buddhism the core is to have a relationship with God a spiritual relationship with God and that's that that is with your own but to know that you're connected to all individuals so like when we don't understand we don't take heed of like uh, one thing I say like what well, I say I base a lot of things off of of science too because this is what this is what our world is like you don't turn on a light and say okay that was some type of miraculous event that happened no we know that science we know that yeah electrons flowing through copper wire or some type of uh, metal uh, conductor which brings these electrons and creates this light through these filaments so we know this is science uh, we know that if you go to the uh, doctor uh, these doctors or scientists they've studied 
medicine and the human body into, you know, figuring out like how to solve some of these issues. And like, so it's, it's a, and again, it comes a balance. Like we kind of spoke in the beginning, it's a balance of like understanding your spiritual uh, part and realm and, and like your spirituality and also understanding that we live in a world of science and science can either help us or it can, it can damn us, you know, cause like somebody was messing around with some stuff and we got this so we need to have some humans that come put their minds together use science to defeat it same way I'm kind of feeling mm-hmm. and, and I also wanted to kind of well, t- go ahead well no before like we move a little bit forward I you know something did come up when you were talking earlier that I wanted to make sure that it was highlighted because um, you mentioned a, a lot about um, the Bible Yes. And something that you said um, made me remember that, you know, with the Bible, um, we all, there's a common understanding that, you know, there was um, uh, a lot of that information was obviously taken from ancient, our ancient teachings. And then a lot of information was deliberately taken out. Mm -hmm. Not only that, a lot of things were added to it as well um, under the Nicene Order and Nicene Church. But... I also wanted to, something came in my mind that um, when it comes to like the Christianity or these particular religions, that they, they're different from like the comedic uh, spiritual system and that they, they have people or people understand from the, those religions that there's only one way, only one way to be. Like if, if, you know, you, there's um this particular principle, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated, of course, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, you turn the other cheek, you know, there's just this one particular way of being, and then so be, so many people strive to be the, you know, best Christian or best Muslim, and what that ultimately means is that you're, you're activating or you're trying to portray yourself in this one particular way in all factions of your life is to always be this particular way. Yeah. Always exemplify these particular attributes about yourself that, you know, you're caring, you're loving, and things like that. But the thing with the, with the comedic spirituality is that there there's so many different aspects of your personality that depending on your particular circumstance or whatever uh, you're facing, you activate a different part of your personality in mm-hmm. order to help you with that aspect of your life, you know? So, you know, there's nine different um, ways that you can cultivate your spirituality into different, different, um, uh, different personas, I guess I would say. Yeah. Like the Haru Kahuti, which is more fire, more Mars, yeah. energy, Heteru is, you know, more um, your imaginative faculty, but it's more of a coordinating, more, it's, it's feminine, you know? Yeah. And, and so you use whatever um you cult this is this, that's what's called cultivating your your spirituality is understanding that you have so many different aspects of your personality your persona that you can activate to help you navigate and understand life with um christianity and or you know these western religions that's not the case you're one way and one way only oh, yeah and and so i i feel like that's that's a big difference but not to interrupt but the but one of the things that kind of get to me or I say kind of I have like preservations against or whatever or or with um, like like Jesus 
as a Jesus as a whole, like I would love to meet him. I would love to to I would love to strive to be Jesus. You, you understand what I mean? Let me let me go into deeper. Okay, like some people said, like I talked to some people and they and they they're deep in their Christian faith, but when I ask them like things of Jesus or like people they wear this thing like what would Jesus do? And then you ask them about that and then they they kinda get turned off or they don't they can't answer that question. They like, Oh, I don't wanna I don't think I don't wanna do that. I wouldn't do that. Because like I said, I I I, I play the question because they talk about, and I'm not and I'm not trying to get political by any means. I don't have any political uh, ideology whatsoever, other than like we're all humans and we should all have basic human rights uh, as human beings. But like we talk about Bernie Sanders and they say, oh, he's a socialist because he wants to have universal health care or something like that. Um, and I, but, and I just act, like I said, I, I like, a lot of times I like to play devil advocate because I just want to understand how, how people really think, uh, especially like you said, they, they say it one way. So it's like, well, in all actuality, if you really study Jesus, Jesus was a socialist in many ways. And they like, what are you talking about? Jesus was a socialist. I was like, well, when he was in the desert and he was, uh, having those, uh, uh, what were they, what do they call it? Well, he was in the desert. He was preaching to the people in the desert. I was like, what do you do? He what, he looked back at his disciples and he was just kind of like, hey, yo, bro, what we got? We got all these people out here, you know what I'm saying? We having these revivals out here in this desert. You know, we got to feed these people. So he knew it was a common need for the people to be fed. So he said, we got to feed all these people. So like, his disciples were like, hey, bro, you know, Jesus, we only got like this loaf of bread or a couple of bread or two fish or whatever, one fish. But we got all these people. We can't feed them all with just this little bit of food. This is really this going to be for us. So what did he do? He multiplied it and everybody ate. He didn't say, okay, what social class? Uh, what race? What what ethnicity? What nationality? What gender? None of that. He would just feed everybody. Everybody gonna we gonna everybody gonna eat. And then I say, okay, when he goes and he um, he goes and he uh, heals the person with leprosy, or he. Um, heals the blind uh, I don't remember him giving somebody hey look bro you owe this doctor bill um, for, for for looking out for you and giving you your sight back or healing you from leprosy you know what or so to say so when I say that I kind of say it like facetiously but I was like I really I would really want to be be down with that person because that's the most humane human being I would want to I would want to mess with him because He's not. He's not looking at anybody class. Even they say like he was. He didn't chill with like the rich and the wealthy. He was chilling in what we would call the slums, the hood, the projects, you know, the ghettos of the world at that time. He was chilling with those individuals and bringing light to them and philosophy and equilibrium and balance and everything that he was bringing. So yeah. So but when I asked when I when I asked that question to some some individuals, they they. They turn that part off. <laughs> they don't want to have that but to do with that part of Jesus, it seems. But, like, but they, they're, I guess, holier than now. They're, they're Christian. They're Christian beliefs. So I was like, hmm, that's, that's kind of, it's kind of dis discerning that you would think that way because, you know, you're saying that he's your savior and he's your God. But this is way, this is his actions, and the whole premise is to be Christ-like, right? So. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I just have my thoughts. I don't, I don't know. I'm not like I said. This is just things that I, as a, as an individual, try to wrap my head around and struggle with trying to understand and stuff like that. Well, I mean, what, what's your take on well, that? Well, I mean, that just made me, that just made me think of um, something I read that um, there's a difference between Jesus and then Christ. Okay. Christ is like um, a particular spirit. Jesus is like the person, so mm-hmm. that we can all become um, enlightened. So you can be, you know, so there's, there's a separation. Um, so, you know, when a lot of people say, oh, Jesus is coming back, people use that term Jesus and Christ interchangeably when Jesus, it, it was Jesus, the, the Christ, instead of, you know, or Jesus Christ. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's more of the spirit as opposed to like the particular person. And then, you know, I don't, I don't fault people for trying to, like, I feel like we're all trying to figure, figure this out as far as, like, how to move forward in such a diverse, um, you know, space that we're in. There's so many different factions of people that are trying to coordinate to bring about, you know, some type of um, organization. We're trying to organize chaos, basically. Mm. And so how people make sense of it... Um, you know, it's not necessarily wrong. Um, it's just the, the lens that they look through. And it's okay that, you know, they have that particular lens, but, you know, you should be able to articulate it in a way that moves other people. That's what makes more people more influential than others. And um, is, is that fact that they're able to articulate a specific vision and motivate people. But if, you know, you're not doing that through, you know, that particular lens and how you understand it, and you know, people can poke through, poke holes, holes through it. It doesn't necessarily. It shouldn't be seen as an attack, um, but just a way of trying to understand a person's perspective. Because at the end of the day, we're all trying to figure it out. And mm-hmm. so, the only way that we're able to try to come to some type of understanding or type of organizational structure, we have that dialectical uh, the um, experience. If we're able to dialogue with each other to help us understand different perspectives and then put it all into some type of system where we can, you know, move forward. Um, so, I mean, I feel like that's what, that's the space that we're, where a lot of us are in right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It, you kind of touched on something too, like the Christ name in Jesus Christ that I never really kind of, um, I never digested it the way you said it. Uh, but, because recently I've been, like, I do, you know, I do the art stuff too. So, like recently, I've been mm-hmm. more on uh, perspectives, um, geometric sh- shapes, three D uh, dimensional shape, uh, three dimensional shapes, perspectives, mm-hmm. hard surface design. I've been been really focusing on that. And I don't know if it's the, uh, you know, saying universe, spirituality, something just bringing me to that, and and then coming on that. I come into contact with learning about the sacred, uh, sacred geometry, and the symbols um, okay. in sacred geometry, um, and how there is a sacred symbol, like of how the creation of everything, universe, and there's different sacred symbols for different levels, kind of like we were talking about earlier about things, and there's this one that uh, this shape is called the Christ. Uh, Christ, like reaching Christ consciousness, so to speak, mm-hmm. 
uh, it's just uh, and it's it's basically a cubic it's cubics but it's it's circles within this cube cube shape and it's a pattern that it creates and it's called the Christ consciousness and a lot of people mm-hmm. strive to reach Christ consciousness and what you're saying that and me kind of just recently I mean I kid you not it's probably just yesterday just I was you know trying to get better and like you know sharpen my craft as far as my art stuff and I came into that and I was like whoa that's that's really crazy and they said like people confuse this with like Christian Christ but no it's a ge- geometric shapes that um, you know they like I believe it's the Hindu some of the Hindu shapes and stuff like that they have these patterns I believe there was a movie they made like a children's movie called uh, oh, what was the name of it? it was with this bunny rabbit that they sent back from the future and they and that's how they were traveling through these geometric shapes these um, Hindu geometric shapes uh, the last Nymphy nymph- or Memphi Mimbi or something like that something like that that uh-huh. was but yeah it all kind of brought some things that I had you know saw before and I said okay so it kind of made a little bit of sense to me but I mean this is a new way of just kind of like like you said I, I always like to learn and open my mind to new things and and try to have a better understanding of my surroundings and everything around me so yeah that was really cool and that was really cool that you mentioned that there's a separation between Jesus and Jesus Christ and people kind of entertain them together so maybe that's what it is then yeah yeah because everybody ultimately everybody is trying to like reach that um enlightened state um to be honest i feel like you know we're we're far from it you know (laughs) not to sound pessimistic but you know you know in order to push somebody you know even when you when you have children you're teaching your children you're introducing them to things i'm sorry i'm having a hard time hearing Uh, I'm sorry. So uh, what I was saying about um, Christ consciousness is like everybody is trying to reach that particular level of being enlightened. And and so I I said I feel like we are far from it and not to sound pessimistic, but then I relate that to, you know, if you have children or if you're teaching, you know, you're you're basically introducing concepts that that. Because you don't know at the point where, where people are ready to move to the next level. Sometimes you have to test them. And sometimes you introduce them to, to concepts that may be beyond what they're ready for mm-hmm. in hopes of speeding up their spiritual spiritual cultivation or their enlightenment. And so, you know, a lot of what Jesus brought, you know, a lot of people say that even with, you know, regular people that have passed on who, who contributed to our society, we say we say this term a lot. We say that oh, they were beyond their uh, time. He was beyond his time, or what he's bringing to us is beyond what people are ready for. So I feel like that it's something that we're striving towards. Um, and like I said, it's, it's Christ consciousness is something that we're all striving for. Something that uh, what we understand or what people say that Jesus has attained. He has retained, uh, attained that level of consciousness where we now call him Jesus the Christ. Yeah. Or Jesus Christ. It's like a, like a title. Christ is almost like a title. I, I can see where you, I can see where you're going with that. I mean, and and again, to me, like 
a lot of things you're you're introduced to me and some stuff that as like as me i always tell people don't take my word for it research it for yourself right um, exactly and, and that's and that's exactly because you can't read everything that i read anyway yeah you know? exactly exactly is that so you have to like take all the information that you that that's what makes life unique is that especially not even life itself but this this particular time where we have so much access to information you know a person who's a spiritual seeker they're going to read a lot of information and so you're not going to read exactly the same thing that i that i'm reading you know sometimes when you're like a person you know you're on the internet or you look and you google and stuff you, if you're doing research, you end up on one website, and then before you know it, you will have like visited so many different websites and so di- so many different um, so much information, and some of the information may be um, reiterated, and some new information will be inserted into that as you're reading, and so you're going to be able to pull on your information that you already understand, already have in your memory bank and put things together that other people may not be able to put together as a result of you, um, you know, encountering this new information. So, you know, you're just trying to make sense of it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully maybe you'll find something that kind of um, builds a little bit more on the information that I have and maybe put it in a different perspective and, and be able to, like, articulate that so that we can understand, you know, things a little bit better. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's always that that's always the the common goal, and to also be respectful, and like, and I, I and I may have to like reassess how I approach people, because man, I, I know that I'm not as I know I'm not as brash as some other individuals that I talk to, but you know, what I'm saying I may be I and and I try to be respectful, and sometimes I, I I'll say something to somebody, and then I'll be like, you know what? I probably may have delivered that wrong or because I can kind of feel like in their in their expression or that that whole their whole aura you know what I'm saying energy they're giving off at that point it changes because I may have said something that shook up their world like they haven't like you know what I'm saying that because their concept or whatever you know their thought process and who 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 am I to do something like that and so I, I often yeah. give people a disclaimer though too. I say, I like look, the, the things that I want to say to you, it, you know, I don't. I, I want to tell you ahead of time, you know, I don't want to offend you by saying because it. it's one thing to just say stuff just to be a, a jerk and offend somebody or whatever, and it's another thing yeah. to to not be um, have to to not have to wear a filter over what you're saying because you know of your beliefs and whatnot because and, and here's some things that i get sometimes from people when having conversations like they'll start the conversation or whatever and it doesn't go possibly maybe the way they want me to think or go with it and then they yeah. kind of well you know you you better you better do this or you you're gonna and they try to it's kind of like or they or they treat me differently now like oh you're you're like the anti this or whatever. It's like I never said that anything, you know, like demonic or satanic. I just have this belief process that I go off of. It's like I, it was never meant to offend you, but some people are so in, it's it's so hooked or so ingrained to them. They're they're to me. I I said they're conditioned because I mean everybody. I'm conditioned to things. You know what I'm saying that. 
I had to I had to break myself of some conditioning, but everybody's conditioned. If you live a certain way and you get some something gets normalized in your life, you're going to be your condition to the being that normalized. Right. I equate that to uh, like a gangbanger. Or I equate that to uh, a supremacist, or whatever. Like there was a movie with Gene Hackman, Bo Jackson was like a CEO, and Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. I guess McConaughey was trying to explain to the court. Well, cause there, his his uncle was Gene Hackman. He was like a white supremacist, and he was killing black people, hanging them, and stuff like that. But he showed these pictures, and he was like, "Well, he was eight years, nine years old, and he was seeing people being hung, you know, got uh, black males being, you know, castrated and putting their, you know, their uh, body parts in their mouth, and he's hanging from a tree, and, he's, and they're having barbecues." And he's showing these pictures and saying he was conditioned to thinking this was normal. This was normalized to him. So he had no real uh, thought that this was wrong, that these were uh, another human being that this was being done to. So he, of course, he's not going to have any feelings. He's going to treat these individuals as subhuman. And I equate this to gangbangers. You grow up in a gang culture and... Somebody wears red, and you're taught that red is not what it, or someone wears blue, and they tell you blue is not what it is, and you attack that person. They may live a block away from you. They may live right across the street from you, but they wear a different color flag, and so they're your mortal enemies. Even though you guys may be best of friends on other circumstances, but your condition that that flag that they're wearing, or that street corner they're from, they're the enemy. Like, so... Conditioning can happen in so many different ways, you know. Exactly. Yeah, that's just like a, basically like a religion, you yeah. know. You're conditioned to, to think a certain particular way. And that's the only lens that you're able to look at life. And I think that that can be, that, that's what limits, limits a lot of people, is the fact that they only understand life from one particular point of view. And so everything that they encounter has to be like dealt with from that particular conditioning like you say yeah. and it just limits their expression i mean it's not only that the way that they act but it's it's the realm that they act in it's only particular realm that they know like i know a lot of a lot of people um that never they, they don't leave the hood you know yeah. that's all that they know so when you're in spaces with other people and they take you outside of that you don't know how to how to transition you know yeah so yeah it's like what common said common said he said he's been he go back to the hood and he asked him he said he know people hadn't been passed downtown and then he said part he said that's deep so if you never left downtown if you never left a four block radius of a place your whole life the only the experiences that you have in that four block radius is going to determine your actions in life, um, determine how you interact with people or whatnot, how you relate to other situations and people. And I go through that all the time. And, it, and I don't even just leave it to that. I'll say if you're born in a rural environment, you have certain uh, traditions, certain um, certain ways of life that you live. Uh, I, I talk about this. like It's really crazy because... like. I always tell people don't put me in a box because 
I've had the opportunity to live in a, a, a highly urban society. I lived in the suburbs. I lived in a highly rural societies. I lived in small towns, the big cities. So, like, I've, I've come in contact with people, and I, I generally love talking to people. All walks of life, denominations, creed, or whatever, nationality. I like talking to people and getting their perspective on their experiences because what that does for me, that makes me a better human being. And it makes me relate, and it makes me more of an understanding human being to different people plight. And I, I feel like if everyone was kind of, I want maybe if you were forced to be that way or, or live a life like that, I think I think relationships of human human relationships would be a lot better. You know, it's like yeah. we talk about police and policing in the black communities. Well, if you have police officers from that community who understands uh, Miss Mabel and her her yeah her grandson and you know they would know like i was a correction officer for nine years in arizona and during the corrections i was doing um a sergeant who was teaching one of the classes that we had to do in our nine weeks she was like explaining something that i knew off the top <laughs> coming from my background or coming from my um my micro environment um She's like, well, if you see a large group of black inmates and they're playing dominoes and they're slamming the dominoes on the table and they're kind of getting loud with each other, there's no need to be alarmed. And I'm looking at <laughs> other people's faces and they're like, what, what, what does she mean? I'm like, that's a, that's a day in a, you know, a grandma house. That's, that's a night at grandma's house with, with my uncle, my daddy, and my mom and them. They playing dominoes, slamming dominoes on the table, you know, hooping around. That's a normal day. That, that nobody, like, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to kill nobody over there or fight or nobody going to die. But this had to be explained to other people you know what i'm saying and and from yeah. from kind of that that kind of made me think gosh man people were if wow like that has to be explained you know like and <laughs> it was crazy it was, it was a crazy concept but yeah i don't, <laughs> I don't know i was it, it was kind of funny at the time but then now i understand it's like people i think they had a thing on like real world one time where this girl she's a white girl she's from wyoming and she had never interacted with black people. So when she first came, she, and she talked about it after she was in the house, I guess. And so she first came in the house, she was so scared, afraid because of all the things she heard or the perception she was seeing from TV shows like Boys in the Hood and Menace to Society. That painted a picture of black America to her. And, you, and this is why I almost, like, I don't give people a pass. But I give them enough to like, let me explain something to you. And after I explain to you or you, or, or I have conversations with individuals who are not black <laughs> and they'll talk to me and I don't know, either via the conversation they feel oh, I speak articulate or whatever they can, that, you know, I don't have a certain way I talk. They seem to let their guard down and they'll say things as if they're not talking to a black man, then I have to kind of bring him back and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm one of those people you're talking about. I'm, I'm black, but you're not like that." And I'm like, 
But you understand, you just painted a broad brush against a whole bunch of people, and you're just inter you're interacting with a black person right now. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. not to yeah. give them a pass, but like you know, explain to them then like they have a better. I don't know, maybe it, maybe it won't change anything because I talk to some people that man, I ain't gonna change whatever you know they. But maybe that one little interaction sparks something and have a change in that individual. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like people, you have to hold people responsible also for what they experience. Yeah. Like, if you understand that, um, if you understand that, you know, everybody has a different experience and, you know, we tend to project what we believe out and, uh, you know, everything that um, that is subjective for us, how we understand life is projected outward and objectivated into our reality then you have to hold people responsible for what they attract from other people. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, it's hard to kind of force people to think a different way, yeah. but um, helping them to understand, look, you know, I have this particular experience, but I also have this experience with this group of people and also have this experience with this group of people. I'm wondering why you continue to have that particular experience and if it has anything to do with the way that you're thinking, then you know you have to take responsibility for 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 what you're creating, hmm. and then you know they would have to go seek. Um, you know they have to internalize yeah. what you're saying, and then seek within themselves. I mean, you have to prompt people to think about the things that they think and the way that they act, because there's no there's no other way for them to come to terms with what's be what their you know their physical experience. Yeah, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. But I mean, we've been on here about now about almost an hour and a half. I do want to get about the. Okay. I, I do want to go into like these bars real quick before we uh we wrap these things oh. up. <laughs> I, I heard the bars, so come on now. You know, I'm a I'm a hip hop <laughs> junkie. So <laughs> so what's what was up with that? I said I see too that you said that you're looking for somebody to collab with you. What's going on with that? Yeah, well, um, it's just something I put out there. I'm really working on that very slowly. Um, you know, I I do like to write. I've been writing for a long time, but never really um, put anything out there, like, um, to be serious about it. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, you know, it's, I guess I'm in my space where I want to be more creative and um, basically put, you know, my thoughts um, as far as, like, femininity bringing that into like the the musical realm you know because i talk a lot about um, feminine power and things like that and you know we discussed earlier how there's an overabundance of masculine energy yeah. and i felt like you know in the rap industry there's still an abundance of masculine energy especially amongst our uh, sisters you know our female rappers out there they although they're outwardly feminine yeah. they still bring this very masculine energy to their rap. And so, you know, I just feel like I wanted to, like, do a little spin on it and yeah. incorporate the feminine energy into the music. Now, there are some there are oh, some female artists out there that do put it out, put it, like, that I mess with. Like, uh, there's a, I don't know if you know, Ciroc. Like, if you ever Ooh. listen to her, Ciroc, you ever heard of Ciroc? Oh, man. She is, oh yeah, yeah. She a lyrical beast. I love her. I man, I had an opportunity to meet her in Chapel Hill at this uh, place called the um, dang, Cat's Cradle. 
at a concert she did with uh she opened up for what's that dude name brother ali um so yeah i got an opportunity to kind of chop it up with her she cool individual man her energy was really nice and um i went to i seen rhapsody she was um i was in the uh was it what is it place in durham uh d-pack i believe uh, I'm I, I might I think it was a D pack down there and um she she opened Rhapsody opened up for him and she was like I always been like a Rhapsody fan since probably like first time I was kind of I kind of heard her stuff was probably around oh like 2011 2012 somewhere around there was the first time I heard Rhapsody and from there I was like hooked she she a dope MC she just did an album with um the genius from the Woo. Uh, that last time she put, she did a song with Queen Latifah. Man, that song, that whole thing is nice. Uh, I suggest you, I mean, as a like a female, like if you're trying to, there's something trying to do or whatnot, I would definitely mess with her. Like Rhapsody and Cy Rock. That's a bunch of other, like uh, my OG partner, um, Jean Grey. She, she's a dope female artist with dope female energy. She gave it to you. But, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's... It, it seems it's so powerful it may seem masculine but it's feminine you know i don't know how to explain it but if you listen to some like she just did an album recently uh with uh knife wonder that's really dope i i think you you kind of you kind of might put me i, I kind of put you in that kind of category of female rappers like that you know i don't know what you're trying to go for but yeah those are like some of the those are like if not I, I I got like a ranking of my top five, my top five, and <laughs> it, it goes like people hate on me about my top five, but my top five I always say big number one, and um, I give uh, meth always trading between meth and Nas, meth and Nas, like for one and, for two and three, and then my fourth one everybody give me a lot of hell about this, but it's my man Exhibit, and I tell people. Go back to 40 Days and 40 Nights and The Speed of Light and listen to those albums. Those are classics. And then my fifth guy is Scarface, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of see you as one of being, like, they're, they own, like, their sexuality, but they don't they don't put it on Front Street. And I'm not knocking any of these females because... It'll be hypocritical to say, oh, they can't do that and they can't rock it like Nicki Minaj. Like she's she's really over sexual with like her well, image. She's very masculine in her expression. Yeah, and also very masculine. What's the other one? Like Megan the Stallion. But Oh, like, she's definitely masculine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, and, and I'm not hating on her because you know what I'm saying, but like as far as you know what I'm saying, I guess that move me more is like the Cyrox, the Rhapsodies, the Gene Grays of the industry. Like those are like they like because they spit bars, and I, I'm I'm a I'm a hip hop kind of sore. So <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, no, so with bars, I mean that Nikki has bars. Yeah, let's not lie about that. Oh yeah, I mean she does. Nikki has bars. I, I love Nick. Yeah, um, she's one of the best out there to me. Um, but the the fact of the matter is. I'm just basically doing it for my expression. But yeah. when I say feminine, 
energy. I, you know, that, that can mean a lot of, of different things, I, I suppose. But um, even though uh, Nikki and, and Megan, they do um, talk about a lot of this um, sexuality, yeah. their expression of the sexuality is uh, mixed in with a lot of masculine energy. Like, even with Megan telling a guy, call him a dog, do what I say, and that's very masculine. Um, the sexuality has nothing to do with it. So what are you equating it's the masculinity with? What are, you, what are you equating the masculinity with? Just a, like the a kind of authoritarian kind of feel, like you're going to do what I want to do, controlling, the, the control part of yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's very masculine. That's control, controlling and um, just never, not really having a lot of respect for the, the masculine energy or for their own feminine energy. Hmm. Um, well, I'm not going to say respect, but it's just a different, um, you know, just because you talk about sex doesn't mean, like we, we, we talked about sex earlier. We talked about how the expression of sex can be, um, very controlling when it comes to chains and, and whipping and things like that. That's very masculine and controlling as mm -hmm. opposed to like using it to heal and create, you know, we can, um, we can superimpose that idea onto the rap industry when it comes with females, you know, we can say, oh, we want more females, we want more females, um, but are the females, you know, the females that, that we do have, they're still um, projecting this masculine energy, it, it's just they have a pretty face. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and I'm not, you know, knocking any of the music, you know, because um, I, I definitely enjoy some of it, but... Yeah. What I'm doing is just basically my expression of femininity through music, which I've always liked rap. Rap has been foundation of my life, obviously. And, um, you know, I just use that, incorporate a lot of the things that I know, I understand, I've experienced when it comes to, like, um, healing, creating, um, and um, basically just the whole sexual experience. Hmm. And just incorporating that. Um, being a little bit more feminine in my expression in regards to like men, um, how I approach men in my music. Hmm. And that is just something that you would have to just read the lyrics um, yeah. to understand. You wouldn't know that right now because I didn't put anything out. Oh, yeah. But even with um, girl, uh, women who are, you know, the rap females who are underground and they rap with a lot of bars. Um, you know, it's still very masculine because it's a masculine. It started from a very masculine um, yeah point of view um, yeah. perspective. Yeah, of course, that's going to still continue with the females that are coming out now. You know, they're still going to continue because that was the foundation. Not knocking that. It just you know, I would definitely appreciate more feminine, feminine, <laughs> yeah. not masculine, feminine, feminine. Okay. energy in the music. So yeah, man. Man, it's, it doesn't seem like we were on here for about like an hour and a half, but we have. Yeah. And uh, But man, it was good, though. You know, I really enjoyed it. And I, mean, I really appreciate the conversation. Man, I can't even, I can't even express to you how uh, my gratitude to you, you know, saying for even like, uh, you know, just holding true for doing it. Because, I mean, especially right now, it's hectic, you know, saying people have, you know, things they have to do in their lives and stuff like that. And I definitely enjoy the conversation. I like to call it like to um, grown up intellectual conversation. So this is cool, you know what I'm saying? Getting to build with somebody, getting different perspective. You're an awesomely, um, highly intelligent uh, queen. And I, I respect that, you know what I'm saying? That's, I love that all day. I can, you know what I'm saying? 
have dialect with someone <laughs> like that all day. So, you know, I'm just really appreciative uh, of you, like, you know, holding true and coming through and, you know, let, and shedding the light on things and giving your perspective because everybody's perspective no should be validated. Yeah. And, and so, that's how we build. That's how we build society. That's how we organize. It, it starts off with the, um, you know, the dialogue mm-hmm. so we can understand different points of views. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's very helpful. Yeah. So yeah, I would just like to close with, um, you know, giving you, um, like, at least your listeners, okay. ways to get in touch with me. Yeah, and, go you ahead. know what I have going on next. Um, kind of said it earlier, but on Instagram, I'm Noor Jahan the Light, and there's an underscore uh, between all of the letters. I mean, all of the words. And Noor Jahan is N U R. J-E-H-A-N. And then I also have a retreat coming up. This is a woman's empowerment retreat, August the 2nd through the 7th. Um, basically, it's going to be in Belize. Um, it's a woman's retreat. Uh, there will be a full moon ceremony there. And basically, a lot of cleansing and releasing meditation at the Mayan temples. Okay. Um, yoga, meditation, Mayan dancers. Garifuna drumming, medicinal trails, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and chef prepared meals from the local food in the community. Whoa. And a little bit more information about that can be found at www.beliefnaturegetaway.com slash retreat. And then what I also do too. Who's going to be there. Yeah. What, I, what I also do too is I'll also. Put this when I promote it, whatever. Put on uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, like all like the Spotify's and all that stuff. I'll also have a description. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and send that to me and uh, like uh, text or something. Right. Then I'll go ahead and put all those how they can contact you and if they want to sign up for your retreat and everything like that and get in touch with you. Again, it's been wonderful. Um, this is my time again. Uh, well, I always like to end these things. I always say to to everybody, whatever walk of life, religion, uh, spiritual belief you have, you know, I just want to uh, wish this blessings on you and be safe through this time of what, what we're going through. And, you know what I'm saying, I love your fellow man and woman. <laughs> again, thanks again, Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so scared to say your name because I want to mention it. So, Noor Jahan, right? Yes. The light of the world. Right. Nor Jahan. Okay. Thank you again, Nor Jahan. Queen. Like, man, you all all essence is like it's beautiful. <laughs> like you're a beautiful woman, you're queen, you're intelligent. Man, I just can't thank you enough. But again, I gotta go. And uh yeah, we gotta do this again. We gotta definitely do this again. Oh, of course. I would love to. Okay. All right. All right. Well peace, love and light, and enjoy your day. All right, you too. All right.